Hello, everyone. Gina and I are here again on a Saturday morning for another podcast for you guys. And today we're going to talk about sodium and electrolytes. <clears throat> so this is a pretty hot topic out there on Instagram and just in the nutrition world in general. So we're excited to kind of dive in a little bit and and answer some commonly asked questions and then just give our opinion on where we're at when it comes to supplementing specifically with sodium and electrolytes. So good morning, Gina. Good morning, Ellie. Good morning. Good to see you. So um, we like to just jump in so we can keep it uh, straight to the point. So we'll start out um, really just defining sodium and electrolytes, because I think that's an important place to start. So I'll start and then um, Gina, give input wherever you want. Um, but uh, specifically with my nursing background, uh, I I'll be honest, like I had a very different view of sodium as a nurse than I do now as a nutrition coach. Um, so I'll get into that later, but sodium and salt are interchangeable. So anytime you hear someone say sodium, they're just talking about salt. Um, and really it has a bunch of functions in our body specifically for nerve and muscle function. So, um, it's an essential nutrient. Like we have to have it to function for our brain to function, for our muscles to work, our nervous system to work. So it's a good thing, right? We naturally have it or we have, we need it in our body and we get it through our diet. So um, it also plays a huge role in fluid balance, which we'll get into uh, later, but most of you have probably heard about blood pressure and sodium and how high salt diets, I'm doing my fingers in quotes, how high salt diets lead to high blood pressure. Um, but that's, related to fluid balance and specifically your kidneys and hormones and your uh, hormones that your pituitary gland will secrete. And it's a very complicated process of fluid balance to maintain homeostasis in our body. So there's a lot of different things that sodium does, but um, really, and then electrolytes, when we use that term, that's going to be a bunch of different, um, it's not just sodium. It's going to be like potassium, chloride, magnesium. Um, and they all have different functions in our body, but they're all super important for vital bodily functions. So, um, that's my little spiel. Zena, G yeah. Gina, anything, Zena, anything specific you want to hit on with that as far as like definition goes? Yes. Um, I think when we talk about sodium and salt, just clarifying a little bit more that when you look at salt as a whole, 40%, the recommendations are slightly different because when you look at your sodium intake, the recommendation is 2,300 milligrams, which is equal to about six grams of salt because the sodium is about 40% of salt. So salt actually is composed of sodium and chloride, which mm -hmm. we're getting a the weeds here, but there are two different components to it. So looking at sodium specifically and the recommendation for that, that's 2,300 milligrams. And what you touched on too, we, we need this in our diet and we can get the recommended amount from whole foods. Um, so just know that going in. And if you're someone who is confused about, I don't know if I'm getting the recommendation, that's why tracking food can be helpful at times. So looking at your intake over the course of a week and seeing, are you at the recommended amount? And most people will find they're probably quite a bit over the recommendation. So I think that would be the first step would be if you're confused, if you are even hitting that 2300 milligram mark is to track your food for a week, 
see what your average is at the end of the week and then taper from there. But I think most of us will find we're pretty much getting adequate sodium simply from the foods we're eating, um, yes. which kind of the, the packaged food industry, right? The sodium is what keeps food stable on the shelf. So if you are eating a, a lot of packaged and processed foods, whether that it is considered a healthy, again, with the air quotes, food, <laughs> Like we, we see a lot of these products like soups and in other foods that are marketed for healthy individuals or people looking to lose weight. A lot of times they're at the recommendation for the entire day. So mm-hmm. if you're not careful, then your sodium intake is going to be well over that 2300 milligrams. And that's what the research has shown that the average person consumes 3400 milligrams a day. So that's that's quite a bit over the recommendation. Right. And something we'll hit on this more, but something that I found really interesting, um, is that if you look at, there's something called blue regions, I think that's what it's called, but it's areas of the world where, um, people who don't have access to as much processed food as we do here in America, um, they've essentially looked at their diet and they've seen that these people live for blue zones, but they've seen that these people will live for outlive most Americans drastically, right? They live for hundreds um, in the upper nineties to, you know, the early one hundreds in age and their lifespan is just wild and they're really healthy individuals, but it might be like a third world country. And so I'm not explaining this super well, but they look at their diet specifically like certain Asian cultures and um, specifically in the Asian cultures, the the salt intake is super high, right? But, and they live really long, they're really healthy, but they, they're getting that through natural whole foods. It's not processed packaged foods where the sodium intake is just so high because it was created in a lab to taste really good. So I say all that to say that there's not necessarily a correlation between high sodium diets and unhealthy individuals. If anything, it's actually can be the opposite you just have to look at actually what the sodium is coming from in terms of food. Um, and if you even just think about Asian cuisine with soy sauce, um, and then there's a bunch of different ways that they get sodium in their diet, but it's not from, you know, uh, dots pretzels that are super high in sodium, right? It's so, so it's just, you have to look at the quality of the food as well um, before you make a claim that high sodium makes you unhealthy or high salt. Um So I just found that like really interesting. And then also I didn't make a disclaimer at the beginning, but you know, we're not giving health advice. We're just sharing what we've learned. So obviously talk to your doctor if you're going to make any changes in terms of um, sodium, or if you have any concerns, um, talk to your doctor. We're not giving health advice. So that's a little disclaimer, but um, there was one other thing I wanted to say. So I found uh, somewhere I heard it said that we have blamed salt for what sugar has done. And I found that very uh, interesting because I think it's going back to my original point about um, not necessarily having a correlation between a high salt diet and an unhealthy lifestyle or body. Um, I think that's kind of encapsulates it well. A lot of the problems that we see um, from a health standpoint, like um, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, um, all of those things if you look at their diet, most of their sodium is probably coming through fast food, packaged food, processed food, not just 
sodium. So it's the sugar, the high calories, the high fat, in addition to the high sodium that is causing this cascade of problems. So I found that very eloquent. We blamed salt for what sugar has done. Yes. And I, and I was going to say that too. A lot of times we get down and blame salt for a lot of things, which again, we, we said in the beginning, salt can attribute to high blood pressure, but we have to look at where the salt is coming from. And just like you said, a lot of times it's the sugar along with the salt with these packaged foods. So I think that this kind of, if you listen to our last podcast, kind of helps clarify some things when we said, you know, you can be in a eating all the right things and not lose weight. So it just touches on that to say, but you still should be choosing high quality foods, right? Because even if you found yourself losing weight in a calorie deficit, if you're eating packaged foods for the majority of your meals, you're going to suffer health effects. So that's why it's important to, yes, be in a deficit, but also make sure your food quality is high because if you're constantly eating packaged foods, you will suffer consequences despite losing weight. I mean, so quality is, is important still. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can definitely hit my macros eating. I could hit them eating Chick-fil-A all day, but doesn't mean that my quality is great. I've just made it fit my back. Yes. Um, Okay. So let's um, specifically just from a standpoint of hydration, I know we talked about, you know, food and how we get sodium in through our diet. But um, one thing I wanted to to point out is that um, electrolytes, like one of the other just major benefits is hydration. Um, Really because water and salt this is very complicated. So I'm going to try to make it just super simple, but water and salt work together um, to maintain homeostasis from a fluid balance standpoint in our body. So there's something called osmosis and basically water follows salt. Okay. To keep it simple. So if we don't have, let's just say in a hypothetical situation that we don't have any, any, or we have very little sodium in our body, right? we're going to have a really hard time keeping fluid in our body. We're just going to pee it out. So what sodium does is it's going to pull the water into the vascular space so that it actually keeps us hydrated so that we can stick so that we can hold that water and not just pee it out. So, um, that's, I think that is what, or into the cells as well. So I think that's, what's really important to understand is like, it's a very delicate balance. Um, but you know, part of why electrolytes has, has, have gained so much uh, notoriety from a marketing standpoint is because yeah, to be hydrated, you, you need an appropriate amount of fluid from water, but then also electrolytes so that you can hold that water in your body and actually stay hydrated. Yeah. And I think this is a, a good segue into like, maybe someone's thinking now, well, I do work out you know, five times a week at CrossFit and I live in Alabama in the summertime. So I look like I took a shower after my 45 <laughs> workout. So should I be taking electrolytes? And like we've touched on a little bit in the beginning, most of your needs for electrolytes, specifically sodium is the main one you will find in your sweat. You can get that through your diet. And so when we hyper-focus on getting in the electrolytes because we just sweat, 
I think we're kind of missing the mark because most of your hydration needs come from water. So the reason you feel thirsty is because you have an increase of sodium concentration outside your cell. And that's because you've lost water through your sweat, right? So now you have more sodium floating outside of your cell. So you need to drink water to even that balance out. Cause like you just said, it's a really, it's a little dance right between the two. And it's always, the goal is always to be equal, right? We want to be perfectly hydrated. So when we sweat, yes, we lose some salt, but we're losing a lot of water. And so most of the needs of the average fitness person can be met simply by drinking the thirst and not hyper-focusing on electrolytes. Now, yep. extreme endurance athletes in, you know, that's like at least one hour of continuous sweating, if not two hours, then electrolyte supplementation might be beneficial for performance. But I don't think a lot of our listeners probably fall into that one to two hours continuous sweating, right? Um, and so for the average gym goer, even if you are sweating a lot, Typically, you won't have to supplement with electrolytes. You will just have to drink to thirst to satisfy those, those the lost water and somewhat sodium in the sweat. Right. And I think you bring up a really good point that it's easy for us to forget that we have survived for many, many years as, a, as humans without element packets and without liquid IV, right? And mm-hmm. I think it's important to point out that our body is incredibly resilient God made our bodies just incredibly like smart computers that know how to regulate fluid balance naturally through our diet. So it's, it's just interesting to me that now there's a lot of health influencers or people out there saying, you know, you're going to have terrible health if you don't replace daily with an element packet or relight or liquid IV, or that you're going to feel terrible all the time when the reality is, is that we have been just fine without those for so many years because we get sodium through our diet. And another thing on that, that I do want to point out is like from a timing standpoint, it's, it's not like you have to have that electrolyte packet right when you're working out, right? Like if you're eating a breakfast with sodium and then a lunch, um, and it's going to stay in your body. Right. So then it's not like it has to be done like right when you're working out. Um, yes, if you're an endurance athlete and you're running 20 miles then of course, like salt tablets, might be beneficial for you. Probably they are. There's definitely undeniable ergogenic benefits for an endurance athlete or a high caliber athlete supplementing with sodium. Like you can't ignore that, but for general population, you don't have to worry about drinking it right during your workout. You're, you're probably getting enough. We've survived for a long time like that. Exactly. And so maybe if you're now thinking, okay, I'm kind of on the line because Sometimes I think, oh, I might be on the line. Like I do really sweat a lot. A really simple thing you can do is weigh yourself before your workout, see what it is, weigh yourself after your workout and see what it is. And really you have to be over a 6% loss in your body weight. So for me, that would be about six pounds. And I can tell you right now, I do not lose six pounds while I work out worth of sweat, right? That's a substantial loss. So if you are curious, like, hey, I do sweat a lot, I feel like I may need electrolyte supplementation, just do that and and see what your weight difference is. And if you do find that you're losing greater than 6%, then electrolyte supplementation may be more beneficial for you. Um, But ACSM, which is the American College of Sports Medicine, put out a statement that 
if you lose three to 5% of your body weight worth of sweat during activity, there's no adverse performance effects, right? Because they look at performance as a whole, and that is related to cardiovascular or strength training. So again, that would be, I'm around 125 pounds. So if I lost six pounds, wow. then, right, I, I just don't do that. Even though I sweat a lot, it's not six pounds. Yeah, that is drastic. I'm, I'm very few people would fall into the category of that high a percentage of weight loss. Right. And, and the last thing I wanted to kind of touch on is that's why water intake is important, right? During exercise, we talked about how you're losing a lot of water through your sweat, but the one thing that can happen if you're not replenishing, and I'm just talking about plain water right now is your cardiac output will go down. So that's the amount of blood that your heart pumps per minute. And if you think about the importance of blood during exercise, that's how your, your muscles get oxygen, right? So that's how your muscles continue to function optimally. So if your overall blood volume is going down during exercise because you've lost water, then you're not getting as much blood to your muscles and you're not performing as well. So that is why water is the number one most important thing I would say during exercise so you can continue maintaining that high intensity, especially if you're doing something like CrossFit or, or lifting or whatever your, your sport is. Absolutely. I read something somewhere that, that you can have a, up to 20% decrease in performance uh, when you're dehydrated, which if you think about, let's just use CrossFit, for example, because there's metrics that we can quantify our performance with. If, if, a, if a workout takes you 14 minutes when you're fully like perfectly hydrated and you might have a 20% reduction in that from dehydration, I don't know how many minutes that adds, but it adds a lot. Yeah. So that's just wild that from a cardiac output standpoint you're right that's so that's going to massively impact even just how you feel you're not going to be able to push as hard because your body's like please slow down (laughs) right and so that's why I think being on top of your water intake is probably the if you're going to focus on something focus on that not getting your and, and I'll be honest I love an element or liquid IV and just because like you said it makes your water taste good and and like we were talking a little bit before this, I, I totally have recommended taking electrolytes to a lot of my clients. And now after kind of diving in a little bit more to their research, I'm, I'm a little bit more neutral. I would have said I was probably more leaning towards everyone should take electrolytes. And now I'm, I'm saying there's, there's special populations that would benefit from it. But for the most part, our needs are met through food and getting adequate water intake after our workout. So that is something that I've changed my mind on. Yeah. And I I think that's so cool that you're willing to say that because I would kind of fall into that category too. Um, I used to just be of the belief that let's check all the boxes. And even if it's a very marginal gain, they all add up. And while that is still true, I think that we also, to be good coaches, have to weigh the um, the amount of time and money investment that people are putting into their nutrition. And at a certain point, we can uh, glorify so many things to where people are have a lot of plate spinning, but something like electrolytes might have such a marginal gain that they're spending a lot of time and effort to remember to put it in their drinks every day when it's going to have like a very, very little 
return um, if they're already getting enough through their diet. And I think something that makes a good coach is, is being able to like assess the individual and see what are the really important things that they have a big gap to close, focus on those and help them target the areas that are going to give them a big return on investment. So they're not constantly having to think about everything they can do to optimize health um, when they actually might already be doing good enough there, you know, if they're getting right. enough of their diet. And so um, I don't know, I'm just a big fan now of like helping clients like figure out, hey, you know, maybe buying an electrolyte powder for you is to use E.C. Sinkowski's words in the worth a shot bucket. Like it's not going to hurt you. But it's not necessarily going to help you for the as much for the $40 that you're spending per month to make your water taste better. Um, so I don't know. That's just something that I think is important to, to note. Like you, we don't we could recommend a lot of things to people that cost a lot of money and a lot of time. And yeah, it might help a little bit, but it's not going to have as big of an impact as people think it it does if you're getting enough through your diet. Yeah. And same thing of like sports drinks, Gatorade, Powerade, all of those that have, yeah. I'm, that's a probably a billion dollar industry. I don't know. It's just, they make a lot of money. And if we're thinking about what we talked about in the beginning about sugar and salt, you know, traveling together in packaged foods, that's exactly what those drinks are. They're very high in sugar. They're really not even that high in salt, but your yeah, electrolytes are not good. Just a, is what it is so I would say if you if you are someone who falls into the camp of I'm an endurance person I need electrolytes I'm working up for two plus hours and sweating pretty much that entire time I would not first recommend Gatorade right I don't think that's probably the best option to help replenish sodium um it may help because there's sugar in it and again we need that for exercise, especially for longer durations. But if you're looking at a quality electrolyte supplement, something like Element would probably be my top recommendation. Yeah. It has like a whole gram of sodium. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. So you're covering a lot with that. Um, but then I totally agree with you, Gina, like it definitely, like if you're looking to replace, then there's some great brands out there. Um, but one thing too, that I will encourage in these last few minutes, if you're kind of just wondering, what do I fall into? Like, I don't know if I'm in the category of should I replace or should I not? I would encourage you to do like a little, uh, weekly experiment. Like Gina alluded to at the beginning, like there would be benefit in tracking your food intake for a week and seeing, okay, how much, how many milligrams of sodium do I come in at on an average week? Um, and if you're well above, you know, 2,300 milligrams, we would probably say, unless you're an extreme endurance athlete, you don't really need to replace, right? Um, but then something that I also would encourage is to make yourself acquainted with nutrition labels, because on the back of labels, there's, it tells you the sodium, uh, the amount of sodium in a item, but then it also will give you a little percentage out to the side. And that's the percentage daily value. So, uh, for example, let's say I'm eating some dots pretzels. Those are on my mind because they're so good. Um, and <laughs> in a serving size, it says, I'm just going to use this for math purposes. It says it has 500 milligrams of sodium in a serving. And then out to the side, it might say 10%. What that number is telling me is that 10% um, of the recommended value that Gina said earlier in a day, which is 2,300 milligrams, um, I'm getting 10% of that value through these dots pretzels. And so without having to track my food, you kind of have a general idea 
it, you can do some mental math throughout the day of, okay, this item was 10%. And then this item that I ate out at fast food or picked up somewhere was 50%. So now I'm at 60%. I'm almost 2,300. So that's another way to kind of just keep an eye on your sodium intake. Or if an item says hundred percent daily value, you know, maybe you need to eat as much whole foods as you can the rest of the day to, to mitigate how much. So that's another way without tracking. Yeah. And I don't know if we touched on this, but 80% of most Americans get their sodium through packaged foods. And so that's, that's high. And and that can be packaged foods or that can be restaurants, like going out to eat, whether that's fast food or sit down restaurants. Um, Because again, salt also makes food taste good. So it not only helps with being stable on the shelf for long periods of time, it also helps food taste better too. So it's more palatable. And so 80% of the standard persons that come, their sodium intake is hit through those two factors. So there's one more camp now that I'm thinking about it a little bit is if you are someone who really minimizes packaged food, that's, that's awesome. So salting your food is not a bad thing, right? Because like we talked about before, Salt, table salt that you would salt your food with, is only 40% sodium. And so the other 60% is chloride, and meaning that when you put salt in a recipe, that's not just pure sodium, right? right? So it's okay to salt foods, especially if you find that you're not someone who goes out to eat a lot and you're not and you're pretty much staying away from packaged foods. Salting your food is an okay thing to do. So I don't want to villainize salt either, but yes. I know for most people packaged food and going out to eat are things that occur quite frequently. Right. And that's a really good point. Um, I think people think, Oh, I need to stop salting my food and then I'll lower my sodium intake. When in reality, we need to cut our processed food. Um, but last, last thing I want to say in these last few minutes, um, something that I really enjoy educating clients on is the fact that, um, sometimes like when using the scale to monitor progress, um, people will notice some like pretty wild fluctuations, uh, especially like post uh, eating out. So they'll get on the scale the next day and be like, I've been perfect all week. And now I'm up three pounds. Like what happened? And I get panic texts all the time. Like, what? Mm-hmm. And it's so much fun to to educate in the fact that, okay, we can't 100% be sure um, ever exactly what causes certain fluctuations. But we we do know that sodium intake increases water retention, right? And so you typically will see a fluctuation in weight post salty meal. So if you go out to eat sushi or Mexican or something really high in salt, you're probably going to step on the scale the next day and be up a few pounds. And then similar thing happens for women, especially in certain phases of the menstrual cycle. I found it really interesting that um, there's a correlation between higher estrogen levels um, and progesterone levels, and then water retention changes as well in relation to those hormones. So in certain phases of the cycle, a lot of women will fluctuate up in weight for multiple reasons, but one of them being water retention um, related to those hormones. So, um, and then sodium as well. So I think it is an interesting thing to keep in mind that this does have an impact on your weight and having knowledge in that is power knowing that, Hey, I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't put on fat in a period Mm -hmm. of eight hours overnight. Um, You know, so I think that is cool too. Um, and just the last kind of thing, I know we're trying to wrap up, but the last thing which relates to that too, is the effect on blood pressure. I know this is a little bit, and I know, I I think a lot of people understand that salt does impact blood pressure, but 
like you just said, what happens is you will retain water, right? If you have an increase in sodium in your diet, even if it's just one day, now that will eventually even out. Like we talked about, our bodies are extremely resilient. Like it is going to even back out, but sodium really has to be kept within a narrow range. And so when you have too much sodium, your kidneys, like they're the referee, right? It's going to dictate what happens next. And so they're going to retain some water to dilute that sodium that you just took in because we want to maintain this perfect balance between the two. And so what happens is that will increase your blood pressure because now you have more blood volume that's trying to get pushed through your arteries. So again, that's more pressure on your arterial walls. And that is one of the two components of blood pressure. So that's why people see an increase in blood pressure long-term when sodium is just at elevated levels for an extended period of time. Yeah. I think that's really important like to understand. And our goal today was really just to not necessarily give you an answer um, because it is so individualized, like Gina has alluded to, um, but really just to help educate you on, you know, without bias, we're not selling an electrolyte packet. Um, we don't hate electrolytes. I actually take them myself. Gina, I know you take them too. So hopefully you learned something from this and you can kind of play around and see where you might fall. Um, obviously we help people do that one-on-one with our, our clients, but, um, really we hope this just provided some value and some education that you can take, um, without bias. <laughs> so, um, Gina, thanks, thanks for coming on today. And and we hope that we can do some more kind of hot topic episodes like this in the future. Um, so we have some more, some more in mind that'll be coming out soon. Awesome. Well, it was yeah. good talking. You too, Gina. Thank you. Yes, girl. <laughs> okay. Let me stop recording.